0: What up?
1: Yessie here and... Edith. Sorry, it took got, a little while got, to
0: respond back.
1: Yeah, we gotta get this down. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta get the intros down, but... um We are starting off today. We gra- We just grabbed some crystals para quitar las malas vibras de aquí. La buena energía. Y esa buena energía porque... We need it, you know? <laughs> um... So just remember, as I you know, as we mentioned in our last episode, our first episode together, that um, there were some episodes that had gone out where Edith isn't included because she wasn't quite my co-host yet. So just remember that Um, this is one of those episodes with a good friend of ours. But before we get into that, Edith, how are you?
0: I'm doing really good. Getting through, pushing through yeah making it through yeah
1: you you had a rough day
0: (laughs) oh rough day it was ups and downs but it was really great yeah how are you feeling now i'm feeling great so i am officially a tia which is the most beautiful thing ever and i'm gonna brag probably from here on out you have
1: you have (laughs) bragging rights that baby is such a cutie um I told Edith whenever she first sent his pictures, like baby skip the whole like alien, weird alien looking baby <laughs> stage and went straight into just adorable stage.
0: Yeah. Se a su it was uh-uh. that it,
1: <laughs> it was that extra tummy time, huh?
0: I think so. Yeah, yeah definitely.
1: Yeah. Um, I also have some good news. You were there. Uh, my engagement party, we had a family come into town and we had an amaz- amazing Gatsby themed um, engagement dinner. Uh, my man looked fine in his suit. Um,
0: and she looked gorgeous. Hey. It was like the most <laughs> beautiful thing ever.
1: <laughs> I, I can tell Kurt smiling over there.
0: He <laughs> <laughs> like, say that say that even louder for the people in the back. Ida, she was gorgeous, right? <laughs>
1: um, but yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. I think um things are definitely looking up even though, you know, some days I get stressed like yesterday. I was having a little Yorona moment um with going into and like doing research on opening up my journal store and stuff. So I got overwhelmed, and I started to cry a little bit, and then once I cried, I got through it, and then I learned some more stuff. But it's so. okay, because... I si right? Yes. So,
0: that is the beauty and the purpose of this podcast, to be completely unfiltered with you guys, and let you know that life sometimes is gonna throw you a bunch of things, and you just pushing through and it's okay to cry take a moment to pause take a breather and keep on going
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. what she said sorry y'all um but yeah uh do you want to interview do the intro first oh yeah do the do the the intro not the interview
0: yeah definitely so today you're gonna be listening cynthia she's a really great
1: friend of ours
0: Shout out to Cynthia. And one of my bridesmaids. Hey! (laughs) Cynthia is going to talk about being the oldest of the family, which I can relate a lot with that with her, and not only being the oldest, but also being the rock of her family. Um, She's going to take us on her journey on how she unlearned habits and also learned to set boundaries in order to put herself first, which is something very important That also makes her a chingona because, you know, sometimes you can sit there and cry. But learning those bad habits unlearning those bad habits will help you to become the chingona that you are today and every Mm -hmm. day, which um, I'm really happy to have Cynthia in my life and call her my friend. So can't wait for you guys to hear what she has to say.
1: Yeah, that bitch is living her best life. Um, that's all I have to say, (laughs) but go, Cynthia, we're here rooting for you. Um, this is a great episode. I hope you guys learn a lot and please give us some feedback after. This is a person that I met at Texas State, um, through one of like a mutual friend. Um, we have now known each other between six to seven years now. We had, we just now realized that. (laughs) Um, Cynthia, as you know, is a first-gen, or was a first-gen student, um, and she is now a program manager at Amazon, Mm -hmm. one of the biggest companies in the world, I would say. Um, So, Cynthia, I guess we should kind of get started. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about your, or go into much stuff that you think is relevant about your background? Yeah,
2: so... um i um, currently 26 years old. I moved to the States, actually. So I was born in Mexico, in uh, San Luis Potosí, central Mexico, um, and moved to the States whenever I was 11, so going into 15 years of li- living here in the United States. Um, I grew up in a small town um, uh-huh. in New Randfalls. Uh It's still very, very, very small uh, Mm -hmm. town. I think uh, that definitely uh, influenced a lot of like the way that like I developed myself.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. Um,
1: I wonder, um, how did your parents like fall into, or like find themselves in New Brown Falls? Yeah.
2: So my godparents they Mm -hmm. have a sister that lived in New Brown Falls. And so my dad had made the connection with them and said, Hey, I want to explore moving to the United States. Um, and try and see if that's like a, a life that we want. I think initially his idea was to maybe just come for six months. Uh, oh. <laughs> yeah, he was. That was the, the that was the initial plan. Just coming for six months, um, and having um, kind of just exploring what the possibility could be, and then coming back home uh-huh. to us. Um, and so my godparents connected my dad with um, the sister. And she was like, yeah, of course, come on. Like, you know, you have open doors here. Let's, um, you know, let's see what we can, we can make happen here. And so thanks to her opening, like, the doors to my dad, that's how we came to know the town, New Braunfels. And yeah. my dad fell in love with it initially. He was like, this is a beautiful, small town. Like, it's, I think, a great place to, like, have family here, very... Um, I want to say like just it was safe it was a very safe and very very different than what we had been living in mexico
1: mm-hmm.
2: so that's how we ended up finding new brown folks. okay
1: <laughs> and you guys
2: just ended up staying and we ended up staying so my dad initially like i said had just planned to be here six months and then he said you know what uh, how about you guys come and you uh take advantage of uh, learning the language i initially in mexico was in uh, they had me in like English school, and it's always been kind of like a priority, like learning a, a second language and for the future. So I came here. He was like, You can um, better your English. So when you go back home, you like have a better chance in like your career, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, uh, I mean, I'm a kid, <laughs> I, I didn't have a say.
1: Yeah, I mean, how old were you? 11.
2: Yeah, I was 11. So, you came in already knowing some English. I came in knowing some English. Okay. I need some, like, um, like the grammatics and, like, grammatic and, and everything like that. I just didn't have, like, the, the I, I wasn't speaking it. Mm-hmm. But that definitely helped me a lot. As soon as I um, got moved into uh, class, they put me in ESL, English as a second language. Um, and within the three months, I asked my mom to take me out. Um, so... Uh, sadly uh, this program is like they the schools try to have uh, as many students in in these programs because like I think they get funding funding for them Um, but weird enough in Mexico I was way more advanced in my academics than they were here in the United States so even being in that class was just holding me back Um, since I was since I was little my parents have always pushed me on like be the best and be number one student and make a grades like you have to be number one so to me it was just like I I can't even as like 11 years old I was like I can't settle myself for um like being held back in school or my academics I need to keep learning I need more I need more
1: wow so the message I guess that you had gotten from your parents at such a young age was like you're like you're learning right now like your future depends a lot
2: on your learning right now correct yeah so my parents were always um, very um, persuasive in 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 my education and learning and like I said I feel like they I growing up I was like an only child for the first eight years of my life I have a little brother Um, so for eight years I think I just grew up as an only child uh, and all the attention and was just, like, based on, like, we want to give you everything that we didn't have. So we want you to be the very best at everything. Okay. Um, so that definitely influenced um, a lot in school. But thanks to that, I, I was able to, yeah, get out of the ESL program and then um, start um, start the normal classes with all the other regular students. Okay. Um, And then, so yeah, from there, I've stayed in New Brown Falls most of my life. I um, did my middle school, high school there, and then ended up going to Texas State. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's where I got my engineering degree. Met you and Diana, our mutual friend, and then um, got my way to um, getting a job here on Amazon. Mm -hmm. Uh, here in Austin, which to me, I feel like just being in Austin was like a dream come true for me. So really have just been um, in Central Texas most of my life. And then uh, here we are.
1: Here we are. Here we are. Yeah. Um, So I guess like how um, I do want to get into like the the part of being like first generation and stuff. But like, how do you think that like being first generation and being the oldest um, and then Okay. Well, like going from being the only child for eight years to being the oldest, how do you think that has affected you to who you are now?
2: Oh, it definitely affected me a lot. Uh, I um, struggled a lot. I think up until now, my brother is 18 years old now, and I feel like up until now, we're barely becoming siblings. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: I basically felt like I had to take on this, like, mother figure for him and just, I felt like the second mom. Um, So he, um, whenever we moved to the States, my brother was only two years old, three years old, um, and my parents were working all the time. Mm-hmm. so it was just him and I. I would have to uh, definitely take care of him and just, you know, watch out for him. To me, like, I felt like he was my responsibility. I just felt like I needed to do anything and everything to protect him. Right. Um, and, you know, I think I also have nagged him a lot <laughs> because of the things that, like, I've gone through or, the, you know, the, the learnings that I've made, so I'm like, no, have you done this? Like, you need to do this. Like, like I just...
1: Mm-hmm. Like, like attempted to like guide him yes
2: yeah 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 so not so much like being there as a sister mm-hmm. um and I think uh I mean definitely being the oldest my parents I think I've always been very mature for my age if they push me to the circumstances that I've had to just mature faster um so with my parents knowing that I think they they like depend a lot on like big decisions that to me like I just took on that role of like hey like I carry that responsibility of being the oldest and being able to provide even if it's like wisdom or like you know guide guide to them any anything so yeah.
1: wow what how old do you think you were when that started to happen because I I do recognize that like being I, I'm not sure do your parents speak English
2: they they it's they do yeah, at some extent do. yeah yeah Not it's not perfect but, but they do yeah. communicate now now
1: mm-hmm. after but I do know that like growing up like needing to translate mm. like important documents very important documents and, and like if mm-hmm. you don't get it right or you're not you're not really quite sure what you know what it says and stuff that was a lot of pressure yeah. so like I guess, how old were you where you started to take on some of that responsibility?
2: 11. Immediately, as soon as we moved in, because I, from Mexico, had some English with me.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And I was exposed to English every day at school. So, immediately at 11, like if it's signing leases or, you know, legal documents, anything, like things that school, important school documents, things that parents take care of, I
1: yeah.
2: had to. Figure it out. You know, even if it's like sometimes one word can mean something in a sentence, it can mean something else in another sentence. It was like you have to make the definite, like the, the final decision of what this means, right? And hope that it's right. Check what box, which box am I checking? Like filling out every single document that parents fill out. Like I had to do that, mm-hmm. um, and it, it was definitely hard because I could tell. The frustration with my parents like them feeling like frustrated about it and me sensing that and me feeling frustrated about it and just it it was a lot to just like hey like well having to understand the situation and basically say hey like I understand my parents like I understand where they're coming from so like whatever anxiety and like I was feeling at the moment it's like well too bad you just have to do
1: it yeah so a lot of like
2: It is what it is. Just get through it. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. That's that's crazy. It still amazes me how like the stuff that we have to go through mm-hmm. or like for our family. We're mm-hmm. bettering like the generations to come in a sense. Mm-hmm. So wow, thanks for sharing that. That's that's hard stuff. So I guess like how did you how did you come up to like um decide college for yourself and all that or did your parents have like a lot like a say in that
2: so what i i am very blessed that my parents have always seen education as like a number one priority like mm-hmm. to me i I think growing up in 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 new Braunfels, it was it, it was very interesting for me to see that people like had the option of like go to college or not go to college like to me that was just never an option like that just never fit in my head uh both of my parents have uh have their college degrees Uh, my mom has her master's she's a she's a teacher so they they've come from uh i'm not like a first like college generation Mm -hmm. um so with them like knowing the importance of like education it was like very um helpful for me to understand that it just it wasn't an option Like, to me, college was just, you have to. You have to push through it. Um, But it was definitely very hard it being in the United States. Like, obviously, like, my parents had education in Mexico, but we've never gone through the process of having to apply for college here or anything like that
1: yeah so that was like an experience i guess that like you both had to go through and kind of navigate yeah i had translating all that stuff yeah like they
2: i mean well they just didn't know how to help me like you know how parents like help you guide. it's like hey like yeah have you gone through your applications how does it work i had no idea how like the process worked whatsoever Uh uh and they didn't either so they they just couldn't really help in that aspect but they always pushed me into like like I said from since I was young that I had to be number one <laughs> um at, at school and everything academics um so that was always kind of like my mentality that I had to get um, a good degree um and I think that I think that did influence me going into engineering
1: uh-huh.
2: um like something maybe that make you money yeah or what sounds hard <laughs> oh, okay. what sounds hard? so with me I was always in between med school and engineering so mm-hmm. let's pick the hard ones and let's go for it um I think that initially definitely was my 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 outlook on it mm-hmm. until like I did you know I obviously did start finding a lot of passion for it. I'm like hey no I, I'm actually great at this I enjoy this I do Um, since I was in high school like I knew I wanted to do an engineering and even through college I think I always felt like I was at the right place I never felt like what am I doing here so yeah um, but they definitely them being uh, very supportive helped me um, navigate the 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 college situation Uh so
1: I guess like with in college, I know that engineering is like a very like male dominated mm-hmm. industry or like field. How how do you think that has like not necessarily affected you, but how, how are you able to navigate being first generation going into college, you know, like in the States, like mm-hmm. going into college, um, did you ever have like any self doubt or was it rather easy because it was passionate for you? It was so passionate for you
2: it was definitely not easy at all Um, so and funny enough I um, actually just got diagnosed this year with ADHD Um, Mm -hmm. so I got diagnosed at 26 and I had no idea I struggled with this throughout you know college so being undiagnosed ADHD doing an engineering was not easy at all Yeah, Um, I I had a lot of self-doubt a lot
1: going through school in general in general yeah
2: it was not easy at all. I had a lot of self-doubt because, um, well, one, I would see other students just, like, doing the same studying that I was doing, being in the same lectures that I was in, and them getting it, like, you know, from the first try, and me just, wait, what's happening, you know? Mm-hmm. And at that moment, I didn't know it was, like, ADHD. I just thought it was like, oh, hey, you just don't get it. Like, should I be here? Do I belong here? I see all these men, and it definitely... Affected my my confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wouldn't speak up. Sometimes I wouldn't like ask questions, and because I would see all the men ma- or the guys, and you know, being I didn't want it to seem like I was less than them. I think it was kind of like a pride thing as well. If like no, well, if they know it, then you should know it too. Yeah. So if I see all these guys getting it, I'm like, well, then I get it too. I'm yeah. I'm as good as them. But I just didn't know that I struggle with seeking help mm-hmm. um, or asking for help. Uh, whenever I was stuck. So it definitely affected, um, I think, maybe more like a pride thing, seeing that it was so male-dominated and that I wanted to show that I did belong there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Let me see my list of questions. Okay, so if there's one thing that I have learned from, like, knowing you and I know that, like, knowing... I know that I like we have like party together <laughs> and like done all this stuff together and, and all that. But um, I, I have always known that there has always been this like idea that you do so much for your family. Like I don't think we have ever gone into a conversation about talking about all this. Mm-hmm. So thanks for sharing this with me and us. Um, so, like, how do you feel that? You have sacrificed so much for family, um, and not like in a in a bad sense because we do it with love. But um, can you tell us more about that?
2: I think the biggest thing that has sort of been my my sacrifice is not ever speaking my needs.
1: Mm.
2: I think that is the biggest thing that kind of laid heavy on me mm-hmm. that being young and being in that family that you would see your parents work so hard and literally do everything that they can just for you because my like my parents are very hardworking like people that live just for their kids right. And seeing that, it just made me feel like if I had some needs or anything to get out or, hey, like, I don't feel comfortable with this, it's, I, I would just keep them to myself. So yeah. to me, that was kind of like the biggest sacrifice that I did It's just not taking the time to say, hey, like, I, 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 need, I need this instead. Mm-hmm. I don't want to, I don't want to be part of this, or I don't want to be having to deal with the stress that you guys are having. Like, I don't want to have that being put on me.
1: Yeah.
2: Um. Definitely, I think that was one of, like, the hardest things, to just, like, not speak up and say, hey, like, I'm feeling this. <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, what was the reaction whenever, like, if you ever did?
2: I, I did speak up sometimes, and, and it was, like, like we have bigger problems than these. Like, you know, I think one time I, I felt a bit into, like, depression whenever I was younger, um, and the answer would be just, like, it's all in your head. It's all in your head. Like, we have look at like the bigger things that we have to worry about like you know providing food sometimes like there were some times that it was like very my family struggle I mean we coming here to the state it was from start from the bottom like you know it's yeah. like sleeping in a living someone's living room like all four of us in like an air mattress so it's like well do I are my feelings really are my feelings about I don't know, a friend not liking me or, you know, something like that, or me not being happy at school really heavier, bigger than the fact that, like, hey, my parents are working hard to provide, and, like, you know, we're trying to figure life out together as a team. Yeah. So that was, I think, uh, being younger, one of the biggest sacrifices. Uh, And I think it's just overall any needs, for example, if, like, they would ever need anything from me, like, hey, um, I need you to – um, you know, maybe help out with, you know, your brother here and there, like, drop everything, whatever is happening, and drive there, spend my time um, with, with the family. And even though if, like, maybe, like, my needs for something else, it will be having to put those aside because I knew, like, at the same time, family has sacrificed so much for me as well. So it's mm-hmm. like, how can I not respond the same way?
1: Yeah, I completely agree with that. Like, how do you not put in as much effort as you've seen put Mm -hmm. in, and, like, the sacrifice also, like, having two parents that work Mm full-time, maybe even two jobs, and, like, having to see that, and then, you know, I don't know about your experience, but I know that, like, in my experience, whenever I was in extracurricular in school, like, I remember... My mom coming to any of my dance mm-hmm. things or, mm-hmm. like, any football games or anything. And that hurt. That you hurt would see
2: everyone them. else's parents, like, being yeah. at every event. And you would understand because they, they were working, they were busy. And it was just, to to them, it was, like, already a big thing that they were taking you there, picking you up from there, mm-hmm. taking you to the activities that was already, like, a... A big sacrifice. A, yes. Yeah, from their From work. their work. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah.
1: thanks for sharing that um, so the, the whole I guess like point of like you know having this conversation and explain more about your background and like the sacrifices that you've had to do for your family um, I've noticed through like social media and stuff mm-hmm. that you have done so much to like start putting yourself first mm-hmm. and that can be really hard so I guess um when did you um actually what does putting yourself first or putting yourself before others mean to you because I think that that can be very different depending on who you ask like maybe it's like putting myself first with like friends only and then like family might be a little bit harder you know but how do you um how would you define that
2: uh definitely it's just sitting with yourself and asking what your needs are like what feels good for you like inside of your like your body um i think the biggest thing yeah like you said it's i i used to um you know my me moving out of my parents house like it was so hard on my mom uh they are so like i said they they really depend on me a lot they Uh depend on me Um, For guidance, they depend on me, like, emotionally. They, my mom, like, I think I'm I'm the rock. Sometimes I'm also the person that kind of snaps them out of it whenever they're feeling, you know, like, out of it. Um, So my mom just, like, not having me around. um, It really made me kind of, like, feel like this, like, guilt or shame about myself not being there uh, when, they wanted just my time. They needed me. They just, not that they needed me. They just wanted, they wanted me. They wanted my time. So, um, being able to sit down and say, "Hey, like, I no, what I want is my space. I need some time to just be at home alone, not talk to anyone." Mm-hmm. And that was like really hard to like say, "Hey, no, I'm not going home today." Why? Because I don't want to. I need to just have my own space. Mm-hmm. Um, so, learning how to say no. I think is the biggest thing um learning your boundaries like I've never I've never up 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 until this year tried to work with boundaries I've never set any boundaries like with family Mm -hmm. with friends with work
1: ah work (laughs) with
2: work like I you know they would say something I'll say yes Yes, yes, anything. If it made me feel uncomfortable, I would just not speak up. So I think for me, putting myself first is just like speaking up about my needs, speaking up about those boundaries um, and staying true to them. I think that's still something that I sometimes struggle. Um, I think right now it's still being such a learning process of at least being aware of them and and knowing that they exist Um, but sometimes it's still, it's still difficult to, to learn how to say no to things and say yes to things that I want. Yeah. But it's, it's a working process.
1: Yeah. And I know that, I I know you said that you just got diagnosed with ADHD. Mm -hmm. Um, and it seems like growing up, mental health was kind of like a thing that wasn't really talked about, it seems like. At all. Um, so I guess like how... What, where, how did you come to this realization that like my needs aren't being met, I need to stop, you know, sacrificing so much, even if it's out of love, how did you come to that decision? Therapy. Yeah, <laughs>
2: therapy. Therapy. Mm-hmm. Therapy honestly has uh, saved me. It's, it's completely changed my life. I began therapy and I, I remember I, I reached out to my parents and I told them about it and Uh, They're very supportive, uh, and thankfully, I found a great therapist that I connected with. She's um, Hispanic as well, so I think that helps so much being able to communicate um, and speak about the things in my family. She understood the the culture and the family, how how families can be, and uh, the Hispanic culture. And so that, she made me realize that a lot of things were just not my responsibility, I was not responsible for the way other people acted or, you know, the decisions that they made. Um, I think a lot of that, you know, laid heavy on me or me responsible for my parents or my brother. I think, you know, like I said, I had this mentality of like me being the mom uh, and having to also be like able to provide and guide my brother and help him out. Mm -hmm. Uh, But really, like that wasn't my responsibility. So I think that was like the biggest thing that like my my therapy help with just realizing that it's not on me. Like I am responsible for my own self. I am mm-hmm. I need to watch out you know, watch out for myself. Not only in that sense, but it's more of a take care of myself, take care of my yeah. needs and and everything that I get feel. That's like what I'm responsible for. Like yeah. myself.
1: What was that like? Like coming with that like real life like coming into that realization of like my parents aren't my responsibility, and my sibling isn't my responsibility. What was that like for you?
2: It was very it was hard to start with. I mean I like I said I feel like I I owe the world to them because they've given the world to me. So once I came to that, it just I felt a hundred pounds lighter. Like mm-hmm. a million, million. Just it's so much lighter. Um, I think for the longest time, I was living uh, sort of like two lives, two personalities, and I just had this huge like weight on me, um, that couldn't really like express herself. Um, that was like the we, I just had to do. I had to do and I had mm-hmm. to do. And once I realized that, no, you don't have to do. You get to feel. You don't have, you know, you don't have to continue life. It's just doing, doing, doing. You get a chance to feel and sit with your needs. That's whenever I was able to just realize that That weren't my responsibility. And I was, it's just more lightness. Mm-hmm. And. Actually, at at the end, I think it improved so much, like, the relationship with my parents that I have with them now uh, because I was able to just, like, be open about it now and, like, say, hey, you know, you're doing this, that it's making me feel this way, and it's affecting me this way, and thankful, like, I have parents that are so open-minded, and they're always, like, willing to listen, so... I don't think therapy has only changed me. I think it's also like changed them a lot.
1: Yeah. Are they also doing therapy, or? Uh,
2: they're not. Uh, they they're not doing therapy, uh, but I share a lot of my therapies with them. I'm very uh-huh. open with them now, and we're able to like sit down and like even discuss like how like their their, their points of view um, with the situation versus mine, and it's it's very um, constructive. Yeah. So.
1: Was there, like, a time where, like, you were,
2: like, once you came
1: to that realization where you, like,
2: sat them down and you were, like, we need to talk? <laughs> yes. Yes, there
1: <or> was. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're, like, hey, like, I,
2: I sat them down. And I think at the, at the first time maybe I was a little harsh.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> I, I didn't want to seem like I was, like, maybe pointing fingers or, like, hey, like, you you do realize, like, you're, the words that you say sometimes or the way that you shape them, like, have affected you know me or like could affect my brother you mm-hmm. know
1: yeah i wonder like was there any point where like w- was there any negative like emotions that like kind of like built up throughout the years due to like having this like weight on you uh so
2: for some time I think, and this was actually before therapy there were they were very um my, I think there was a time where I would just um, have constant like fights with with my dad or my mom because I had all these like I had all these like
1: pent up emotions yeah
2: so many so many just built up um, for like 25 years basically That's 25 years time. of just carrying yeah. that um, carrying all these emotions and never knowing how to let them out um, because obviously like, you know my parents like I said it kind of was more of a you just have to deal with it you gotta push through because we have bigger things to worry about right so for a long time I think I did um or for a period of time um it wasn't it wasn't good conversations like it was more fights and Mm -hmm. we would get mad at each other and like throw things at like each other's face um because again my my, my feelings were like really weren't like validated um Mm -hmm. my parents like kind of still saw me as like a younger person like oh my god like you're gonna realize when you grow up like this was like look at you know this wasn't important but to me at that time it was important right, yeah. um, so I think it wasn't until my parents realized that I, I kind of fell into a pretty bad uh, time with anxiety um, and some depression that I just like got. they they saw me break for the first time they saw me break for the very first time and they were just like what's happening she's always been able to be the strong person like she doesn't break mm-hmm. um I remember that time that my dad saw me break she he he was like yeah, I've, I've never seen you like this you, and, and he told me you you can't break like you if anything happens to me like you're the person that's going to take care of his family you you just you can't break and at that moment I'm like this is exactly why I'm breaking because it's been so much weight it's been so much you know to carry that I am tired of being strong I'm tired of like doing this on my own. I need to, I need help. I need support. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I
1: just got two. Like, yeah.
2: And I'm like, I'm tired. I'm tired of being strong. Yeah. This is my time to break, and I think that is whenever things just change. And they're like, uh, we're here to listen, yeah. and we're here to like make a change as well because with my brother (laughs) they still have another another one to go through all these changes and and you know being supportive so Mm -hmm. that's definitely what what was that turning point and that's how now we're able to like talk a lot more about like the therapy and emotions and they're like oh wow yes uh with me getting diagnosed even like and that's how i found out about adhd because of my therapist i i had like so much like guilt and anxiety towards my life that she was like you know what all of this that you're having, I think it's because you have ADHD. Oh. <laughs> so thanks yep, to yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, thanks to that. I tell my parents, and both of my parents have ADHD as well, and it's oh. bad. And now they're just, like, doing all these research, and they're like, wow, yeah, I have this symptom, and that symptom, yeah. and that symptom.
1: It's, it's so interesting, like, how, like, a whole world can open for you once you, like, start to do, like, your inner work, and, like, mm-hmm. your shadow work, and all that stuff, because, like, you don't know what you don't know. You, that's exactly. the thing, like... You just don't know so I I think that's amazing that you you're changing that cycle for your family Mm -hmm. and that's the thing with like being like first like generation like in the country or even like going to school and stuff it's like for the most part like you are the one that's changing the direction that your family Mm -hmm. is taking and that is a lot of responsibility Mm -hmm. um So, you said that you went to therapy, you started talking a lot more, and you realized that you, you know, you were sacrificing a lot, and that you needed to put yourself first. Um, And that's kind of when it started to change. Um, So, how did it change for you? I know that you say that you now have, like, a better relationship with your parents, but, like, in your personal life, at work, what have you done? How have you changed it? Um, And all that.
2: Um, Well, I think... I have started just doing things for myself. Um, I've realized that, like, a lot of my things, even for friends, like, if they ever needed anything, like, I would just drop whatever it is and, like, just be there for them. But I never really took the time to, like, dig in myself. Like, Mm -hmm. I um, kind of, like, didn't even have, like, much of a childhood. Like, I didn't really know the things that made me feel childish, like, that made me feel happy i didn't know like the hobbies or like anything that makes me feel like passionate about because it was just so much like you you have to just stick to this you have to do you have to be something um so with me finally having that space and time and opportunity to discover myself it was Mm -hmm. it it was it was to discover myself for the very first time because i'd never really had the opportunity to invest time in me so that was the biggest thing just investing time in me and saying if I want to like do something I what's stopping me I realized that literally the only thing that has been stopping me from anything is just myself now Mm -hmm. Um, for the longest time I did live in in a situation where I was very limited um, uh, because of you know all the circumstances uh, with with life uh, school Um, and I just didn't really have that opportunity, um, up until now. Uh, and for example, like I realized if I want something, if I put myself, my mind to it, it, it'll just, it can happen. It'll work out. Like if I Mm want to do a random quick solo trip, I'll just go for it. If that's like, what's calling me, if that's like what I want, um, I will just do it. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the biggest thing, just like doing it doing it and doing things that I that are calling me Mm
1: -hmm. what is calling you now like what what because it seems like like play is important you know when we're children Mm -hmm. Um, it's how we learn about life just like you know just like animals they Mm -hmm. learn life through play Um, and so it seems like you've been doing a lot of playing now. (laughs) But you know, the adult versions of it, like you have like bungee jumped, you've (sighs) gone skydiving, you have like walked the side of like the big ass (laughs) building in New York, like it (laughs) has like calling you what are your passions what are how are you playing how are you enjoying that because in a sense it's like you're channeling into that inner child of like things I want to do and have fun so how are you doing that
2: Um, honestly so I think a lot a lot of that is uh, through I think meditation Mm-hmm. I I sit down I like I meditate and I just like I, I see like whatever comes through um that at, at that moment um like for example yeah like the biggest things that I've been doing is like traveling I mm-hmm. have um really I think that's like what I want to explore just explore um what else is out there I feel like like I, like I mentioned before I've only lived here in Central Texas after moving from Mexico uh, to the states so. To me the possibility of like ever living in another city was just like not non-existent like you know college my parents said you know we'll help you pay for college but you have to you know stay here We can't pay out of state so for me you know even applying to another job I'm like that's impossible because I have to stay close to my family um but now it's like wait there's literally a world to explore and like nothing is stopping me here like I um, I'm single. I am, you know, I have my pups, and I can just take them with me wherever I go. And I think right now that's like what I'm so passionate about—just um, traveling and like discovering myself through putting myself in, like, out in scenarios out of my comfort zone.
1: Yeah.
2: Um,
1: not risky stuff, guys. No <laughs> scenarios out of her comfort zone. Not at risk of. Doing things that will sabotage her
2: life. Right? <laughs> no, no, no. Just you know, like jumping off a plane and jumping off a bridge, type of thing. Non-risky. <laughs> no risky at all.
1: Um, how do your um, your parents and your brother like see that? Like, have they say that they've seen like a big change in you? Because I definitely have. And I mean, I've always to be wanted to be close with you, mm-hmm. but you know, life happens. Mm-hmm, we mm-hmm. don't hang out as often uh-huh. as maybe I would like to. But I mean I already shared to you why because I'm an introvert and shit. But um like I have definitely seen a change in you. You seem a lot more open.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Whereas like before it almost seemed like you were just like shielding your heart.
2: Yeah. It was and you I were was.
1: tough to kinda like dive into. I think we've had conversations mm-hmm. about that. Um, when we are drunk and like <laughs> 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 but like now you seem like a lot more open like, mm-hmm. like you know the way that you carry yourself mm-hmm. is a lot more like I believe in myself and you've always been to me at least a very confident person or at least like you have always carried yourself that way um, but, but you were always very guarded and now like I said like chest out mm-hmm. head face up you know like it's, it's been amazing to see that transformation so.
2: I think it really it definitely and I really that means a lot to me honestly mm-hmm. because I I put on so much work this year yeah. uh a lot and it, it's funny I um I I completely agree like before I was it, because the same thing I just I grew up having to not validate my feelings mm-hmm. having to hide those and be strong and you don't have time to break down right now. You don't have time to feel sorry for yourself because you have to keep going. Like, what, what good is it going to do to me to yeah. feel sorry for myself right now? There's no good. You got to keep going. You have a career to, to you know, complete. You have mm-hmm. you have to make it so you can finally be here where, where I am now.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, but finally yeah like whenever i started being open and, and, and i still get this sometimes like you know i've you know in the dating scene or anything like they i've been told like i just you know i can't read you but sometimes i think i definitely still struggle with being open but i have realized that whenever i meet people and um i am open and, and choose to be vulnerable i you just you just connect in it's such you know deeper meaningful yeah way. meaningful way with people um and I've liked that. I've liked how that feels. I've liked how I can now connect closer to my friends as well. Like, I think I hid so much from most of my friends for such a long time. Like, they had no idea the things that I was carrying. Um, and finally, whenever I was, like, you know, able to share that and open up, it's like, wow, like, you, like, they're getting to finally know, yeah, meet now. me. And I'm getting to meet myself as well. Uh-huh. So I think that's that's been that's been huge yeah. um and i i've been loving it i've been loving it. i've been i've been feeling great because like i said yeah finally i i am presenting myself to the world i am presenting myself like this is me i'm not having yeah. to hide who i am like I said, I was having two personalities. I had, I had two lives. One that I just had to show my face to the world and being this confident person that had her shit together. And the other one that just like, oh my God, like I have so much going on with like, you know.
1: Yeah, with like that emotional part mm-hmm, of yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think like even like with like relationships, I think I think like this is like the first time in a while where like maybe you've been like completely single. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and so that's another part of yourself too that you're learning about and you're like yes because it's not another person that you have to consider you're like I am gonna go out and no one has a say on what I do and and all that stuff so yeah
2: not having to be defined by someone yeah it's it's, it definitely pushed me to well you gotta find your own voice
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah I love that for you Um, I'm always an advocate for, like, finding your own voice, especially Mm -hmm. for, like, the vulnerable populations and stuff. But that's just a therapist side of (laughs) it. But, yeah, let me see what other questions I have. Um, So, we talked about when did it change, how it changed, what do you do now? I guess, like, what are some things that, like, how do you get back on track to putting yourself first? Because when you're – you've been doing that for such a long time, like – 25 years of, like, when you started, and this year is, like, when you really started to set boundaries and stuff. So, like, what are the struggles that you still have? How do you put yourself back on track and, like, kind of deal with the guilt?
2: Um, honestly, what has helped me so much is uh, meditation and journaling. Mm -hmm. Um, I think just letting those feelings out on paper and like sitting with them is like what helps me. I have been finding myself, especially not too long ago, um, noticing that I wasn't really respecting my boundaries or feeling. I start now feeling it in my body. Like I feel like I've been connecting so much with my body now. And one of the greatest things that I also got from therapy is like being able to identify like how a situation makes me feel like, physically, where do I feel this emotion? Is mm-hmm. it positive? Is it is it not?
1: How, how does your body respond when how does, something isn't positive? Yeah, I
2: mean, even, you know, even my my immune system. Like, whenever I start noticing that, like, something... Um, or that's how, like, I've been noticing, like, whenever something's just not being good in my life or affecting me, like, I start breaking out more or I start, I start having, you know, like, gut issues or, you know... Anything like headaches, and I'm like, where is this? You know, I'm able to identify, like, yeah, like that. That's like my body responding to the situation. It's like, hey, you need, you need to notice this, like, alert, alert. So I've been yeah. just, I think the biggest thing is just actually like being more mindful,
1: validating being yourself. validating myself, <laughs> being
2: mindful, and um, really sitting with like the situation of like how <laughs> how does it make me feel. Uh, but the whole, I mean yeah like the boundaries it's being able to go back and, and and see like the progress that I've made and it's like wait so you're telling me that I did all of this work to put myself in this situation again or like a situation that is not bringing me any good like what am I doing no like girl you like I get step back into my power and I'm like you've you're a badass you you made it this yeah. way through Um, this this is not serving you it's time to, like, you know, say no or close that door for your for your own good. It's, it's hard, though. It's, it's definitely hard sometimes. but
1: Yeah. It's hard, I think, because, like, comfort is kind of, like, what we grew up in. So, like, when you do live in a world where maybe your emotions are validated, that's what you're going to seek, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. that's comfortable. Whereas, like, being vulnerable and, like, having someone be like, what do you need right now? Yeah. Or how can I help?
2: That is very new to me. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah for yeah. sure. So, and, I mean... We, I can go on a deep dive like, about <laughs> toxic like, relationships and like how it, what it is like being a healthy one but man, it's, it's, it's crazy. And it's crazy what your mind will do to try to get yourself back into that comfort.
2: Yeah, yeah. And, and not only relationships. Like I also like, I think it's the biggest thing like I sometimes see it still struggle at, at, with work. You know, it's like, what do you need? And I'm like, no, what, like, what do you, how can I serve? I feel like being in that, in that Hispanic culture has affected that so much because we grew up in, in a place to where it's, or at least I did in, in like, you, you should just be thankful for what you have, like
1: right. whatever it's, you get,
2: it's like, you're, that's already great.
1: Yeah. Because it's not, you should have seen what I grew up in. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's
2: always been, like, comparable. Well, when I was little in your age, life was like this. Yeah. Yeah. Or even, you know, be, I didn't think I would be able to take, adva- take advantage of, like, the U. The United States, being in America, and all the opportunities that I'm giving. It's like, well, you should just be thankful, like, enough already for that. It's like... Like, you, just settle with... Like, settle. It's, it's settle. It's, like, about settling and and that's whenever it's like hey like well what if I want something bigger than that I I can't have something bigger like I can live in another city type of thing I can go do anything it's more of like um having to learn how to how to um be able to ask for more and even just speak up
1: I agree um I guess, yeah, I I am so grateful that you gave me this opportunity to interview and to kind of have that conversation that I've been wanting (laughs) for a while and just, like, be vulnerable with each other because I think it matters. I think, like, being first generation in this country is very challenging Mm -hmm. and I think, like, I don't think I've seen something for first gen out there where, like, we're sharing our stories and we're, like, comparing and just, like, and it can be a very lonely world. Yeah. It, it can, can be. be. So I just want this to be out there for all the people. So is there anything that... Um, any advice that you would give any of the first gens out there?
2: Um, definitely to... Never feel like you have to be something. I think, you know, being in the middle of two cultures, if, you know, having your Hispanic family, thinking that you have to maybe follow their traditions and and their cycles, like, you're more than, you know, you have the freedom to break those cycles and become whoever you want to be for what makes you happy. Like, it doesn't have to be that you have to be, like, the american culture or the hispanic culture like you get to choose whatever makes you feel good you don't have yeah. to be something because someone told me told you that you should be something yeah. so i think that's the biggest advice just follow what makes you makes you happy and makes you feel at peace
1: yeah and honestly for listeners out there you never really know what you need until you talk about it so i always recommend everyone going to therapy because that's just a biased opinion due to me being a therapist um but yeah well thank you of course
0: thank you guys for listening we hope that you enjoyed it make sure that you listen to us in our next episode coming up in two weeks
1: yes and make sure you follow us on twitter at lpc underscore pod on Instagram at Yorona Pero Chingona Pod. And make sure you send us any emails of feedback, anecdotes, any advice. Your, you caught your man cheating, girl, send us. Send, mandalo. Mandalo. We will give send you us some advice. Everything. Um, you can send all that chisme at Yorona Pero yoronapero Pod at gmail.com. Bye. 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 Uh uh-huh. uh-huh.